Hello and welcome to this episode of Expert Diaries. And today we have uh, Lori Blair. Uh, before that, uh, I would like to say that uh, I also have Arvind and Arun as my fellow colleagues who are participating in this discussion. And now let's get back to the topic and the main speaker of the day. So the topic of the day is uh, email deliverability best practices for B2B email marketing. And uh, since Laurie is going to answer all the questions, uh, I will introduce Laurie to all of you. Well, Laurie has been an email deliverability specialist for quite a while. Uh, she has worked with uh, uh, 250OK, which is a part of Validity, where she has helped uh, legitimate and uh, large senders in uh, improving their email deliverability rates. Apart from that, uh, she has uh, been a freelancer and uh, during that time, she has tried to find out the most complex reasons behind low email deliverability rate. Uh, currently, she's a solutions consultant with Validity. And uh, well, she's uh, there as well. She's helping email marketers in their endeavors to maximize their email deliverability and inbox placement. And I think without much delay, we should hear from Laurie what she has to say regarding this. No, that's all. That's all correct. Um, I help some of the largest senders in the world make sure that their email deliverability um, is exactly where they want it to be. So it's uh, like email deliverability is a term which usually people try to stay away from since it's deliverability. They think it's pretty technical, but then it's at the same point of time that important and it's a necessity. In for for email marketers, I agree. I but, agree. I think I think it is something that a lot of people shy away from, but I don't think that email deliverability has to be that hard. True, but very often, like we have come across uh, situations where people have faced uh, deliverability issues, but those are mostly B two C email marketing. But when we are talking about B2B email marketing, uh, I've heard and read that uh, the scenario is a bit different. If you can enlighten us uh, regarding this a bit. Yes, um, there, are, there are some differences between B2C and B2B deliverability. Um, you know, sending to consumers, primarily those spam filters are concerned about how much engagement you generate. Whereas I found B2B systems are a little bit more rules-based. Um, they tend to focus on <clears throat> scanning content, making sure that it doesn't trigger any rule sets. They make sure that none of the IPs are listed. They make sure that your authentication is set up properly. Um, I think that just B2B systems tend to be a bit more rules-based than um, B2C systems do. So uh, yeah, since you have been uh, yeah, since you have been you know, talking about the filtering systems and uh, the setups uh, about the senders, so I would like to know what are the major problems that occurs to B two B senders. So since, since you have been in the industry for a long time, we have faced many many senders with, with the problems. So what are the major problems that occurs to B two B senders? Um. I think the first one that I run into frequently is just not having authentication set up. 
Um, I've run into that, people just not having SPF authentication set up, not having DKIM signing customized, um, <clears throat> having DMARC set up but not passing. Um, I've noticed that happen. Um, I think the other thing that I've noticed is <clears throat> people being block listed at various different spam filters like Barracuda or Cisco um, being blacklisted at some of those non-public um, block lists will, will result in mail getting blocked. Um, so it's like it's a block list and uh, uh, improper authentication setup causing the problem. Um, it can cause it can cause a lot of problems, and it's kind of the first step. Um, it's like it's the first impression that a receiving mail server gets from you. So if authentication isn't set up properly and the system is very rules focused, it's likely just to reject the mail. Um, yeah, it's likely to just reject the mail outright for failing authentication. It's kind of the first stop um, that I see. Okay, so what are the other common mistakes that uh, B2B senders do and how can they avoid, uh, you know, these and get a better return from in this email marketing? Um, I think one of the other, so one of the other things that I see is, like I said, just being blacklisted um, at different various block lists, like not having clean IPs and domain. Um, that's another common thing that I see. Um, um, I think, you know, another, there are a couple other, yeah, there are a couple other key seeing B2B senders. A lot of B2B senders have a lot longer sales cycles than like your typical e-commerce. Um, and I think one of the pitfalls that I see is senders going a really long time between mailing contacts, um, going more than a month or two between mailing contacts and then trying to email them again after not having sent them anything for months. Um, I think that's a common mistake because it's really common for some of those B2B domains to be, or B2B addresses to be converted into spam traps. Um. Yeah, Lori, we know for a fact that ISPs like Gmail, Yahoo, and Outlook provide increased security to businesses setting up their mailbox on top of their platform, but certain businesses go the extra mile and they tend to opt for this third party spam filters. So what exactly is the reason for that and what exactly do those filter filters bring to the table? Um, I, think they, I think the biggest value that those third party spam filters can bring is um, increased configuration uh options for the administrator um it just gives them a lot more granularity of control versus leaving everything up to google or outlook um though the the options in outlook are pretty robust um i haven't really looked through google's options too much but um i think it just gives them additional control and additional security are the two main benefits it's like an additional security uh, to the uh, domain well, it's additional security, yeah, for inbound mail coming in to protect their infrastructure from, because it's still very common for um, phishing and spoofing attacks to be launched by email. Um, 
and or even malicious links being sent in documents and things like that. But exactly. is there a defined hierarchy for that? Uh, can we can we assume that uh, can we assume the positions of the filters like what filters come first and can we is is there is there a proper arrangement? Um, typically, typically, if you have a third party filter set up, that's the first point that an email reaches when it's coming to your infrastructure. So it first has to pass through that third party filter. Then it's got to pass through um, whatever filter on the mail system that you're using, whether it's Outlook or Google um, Suite or something else. I, I wanted to ask something regarding this. How many third party filters can a person okay, okay. Uh, install in this case can put up for okay. the filtering? So if I am an email marketer, how does this filter set up? Um, let me answer uh, Sismit's question. Um, typically, you would only integrate one spam filter at a time um, because it's got to pass through. It's got to, you know, typically the integration is set up by the MX records. It tells it to route to the spam filter to the spam filtering company's mail servers. Okay, thank you. So Lori, I have a follow-up question here. So now we know that. So we now now we know how the filter system works um, when it comes to B two B business. So assuming there is this additional layer of third party filters, how does it affect my email sending process in terms of maintaining my list and in terms of cleaning my mailing list? So what is the disruption there? Um, typically. Uh... I think I think one thing is it's important for uh, B2B senders to know who the domains are behind, who the filters and who the inbox providers are behind the domains that they're sending to. I think just the first step is awareness, being like having something that will check the MX records of um, the MX records of the domains that you're mailing and let you know. All right, this this percentage is G Suite, this percentage is Barracuda spam filter, this percentage is Cisco spam filter. Um, I think the first step is just awareness and being aware of what spam filters you're sending to and which ones are relevant um, to your specific mail program. Um, and then I think it's important to monitor your assets and periodically check in that you're not block listed um, with a specific spam filter. Great. Okay, so uh, I would like to you know come back to uh, senders perspective. Like uh, we all know that B two B B two B domains, like you know the corporate domains, they don't provide a traditional feedback loops, right? Like other B two B domains when it comes to Yahoo or Microsoft. So how exactly uh, you know the sender will know that they have uh, they are receiving spam or the recipients may not interested in receiving the emails? How exactly this will work? Um, essentially, I think that um, there's two things that you can do. One is to look at engagement and see how much engagement that you're getting from each of these domains. Um, I think the other thing is to use an inbox testing tool like we have at 250OK um, Validity. Um, basically, use an inbox testing tool to see if you're getting through various different spam filters and corporate mail systems. Okay. 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 
there is one uh, very real life or real time scenario if i have to say that uh, i think people might face that is very often we see that uh, in case of b2b email marketing one company necessarily selects another person from another company as a point of contact and when these uh, let's say trade shows and uh, webinars or any conferences take place and when uh, they take the email ids of these uh, of this other business usually it is an email which is sent to another person who is a point of contact and represents that other particular business now what happens when this particular person who is a point of contact either uh, changes uh, the designation or uh, moreover changes the field of work and leaves the company and goes to another company during that time that particular email id where the email was being sent it becomes null and void right so very often that might lead to low email deliverability and bigger problems than that so and at the same point of time group email ids also cannot be added to the lists and uh, something like that sort is also a problem so how can this entire scenario be countered i mean this entire scenario if it's evaded then definitely it will lead to betterment of email deliverability but what is the exact procedure or what are the procedures that one should uh, you know go through in order to see to it that they counter this kind of a situation yeah i think that making sure that your esp is suppressing hard bounces is the number one most important thing that you can do cuz typically if someone changes jobs and moves on then their email should hard bounce for a period of time um it should say that it's no longer valid um you should get an invalid recipient response which tells your esp to suppress that email going forward and that will help prevent poor email deliverability cuz it's um it's very common for turnover to happen for b2b lists it's it's probably more common for b2b lists than it is for b2c senders so this is also somehow associated with the list list cleansing based on filtering systems maybe not third party over here but because of the uh, invalid email id that is in question based on the bounce responses based on the bounce responses yes right yes i would say so okay so uh... so can we have an an a closure note like uh, uh, a few bullet points which which helps uh, you know give a, a proper suggestion to the b2b senders from you flory yeah i think um one of the most one of the most important things that i run into um also that i forgot to mention earlier is purchase lists um in general my advice on purchase lists is to avoid them um because they're typically not good quality. I've seen one instance where someone received a list from a trade show that they had to pay for and it had a 50% bounce rate. Um so when you send to G Suite, when you send to Office 365, when you send to these various different spam filters and you encounter a 50% bounce rate, that tells them that you have very poor quality data. Um and in the case of this subscriber it was because the data or this sender it was cuz the data was just old um so that's why i would avoid purchase lists um you know i i would say the first instructions i have is make sure that your authentication 
is set up properly um, because this is kind of the first impression that these uh, B2B spam filtering systems are going to get um, for your, and it's really easy for them to say, oh, well, the authentication doesn't pass. I'm not going to analyze this mail any further and I'm just going to reject it. Um, so I think making sure that you're not purchasing lists, making sure that uh, you're authentication is set up properly, making sure that you're maintaining proper list hygiene, even though it's not B2C sending, you still have to suppress people that aren't engaging with your email. Um, it's just a sign that email is probably not the correct channel to reach them on. Um, so you should try, you know, a phone number or something if you have that. Um, try a different channel to reach them on. Um, and I think those would be the three main things that I would have for B2B senders and, and making sure you're aware of who you're sending to, what the different mailbox providers are and the different spam filters that are important to your mail program. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, your suggestions. Yeah. So, uh... Bringing an end to this uh, expert diary session, I would like to thank Laurie for uh, participating and answering all the questions very patiently and uh, enlightening us on certain B2B uh, email marketing best practices that will definitely help our fellow email marketers. Thank you so much, Laurie. Yep, you're very welcome. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much, Laurie. And I Thanks would also have a nice time. Yes. And I would also like to thank Arvind and Arun for uh, being a part of this session. Thank you so much. No mention. Anytime. Thank you. Take care.